Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Another week has gone by, and so do I. Cry, cry, cry. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to be a poet here. Anyway, happy birthday, Bobby Ramirez. Gotta throw that one out there, buddy. You're finally really actually you've been really old for a while but anyway um this week i've got charlie brenner on and charlie's one of those people that i'm sure a lot of you have seen if you're active on the facebook uh and so um he's so i don't know if i mentioned this but uh back when i first started my podcast pimp was Stuart savage and every once in a while julio morales would be uh, a little pimpy um if he doesn't mind me saying pimpy about him. Uh, but, uh, when I, when I've, you know, as I've grown this thing, I started being able to come up with guests myself and figure out who to ask. And then, uh, Beth Obel and Mel Edwards attacked me viciously. It's all on camera, uh, and said, here's a list of people you need to have on your podcast. And so I did that. And then, um, Mel continued to do this attack, this vicious attack, and sent me a list of people that she thought would be great. And it's names of people that I've wanted to have, but, you know, my brain doesn't remember all those names. Uh, it barely remembers the kids in my class. And so uh, I'm very grateful for this list, but Charlie was on this list. And so I finally reached out to him, and I have now fulfilled my 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 interviews through spring break, newsflash. Um, so... Uh, I've got three in the can. Well, this, well now two after this week. Um, and, uh, Charlie was one of those people. And so I had Charlie on and, uh, we had a little chat skis, a very succinct 30 minute, nice. Uh, he does not. And we talk about this does not mix words and I loved it. Uh, it was like, great. It was, it was very master's program esque, you know, not, not to, uh, just sit there and add fluff and things like that. Not that a lot of my interviewees have done that. A couple have, a couple have, but, uh, it, it, this was like to the point, answer the question, move on next question, that kind of thing. So I was very, very grateful for Charlie spending some time with me. Um, and, uh, for him to trust me to have him on this pod, I'm grateful and, and trusting or appreciate everybody trusting me that's ever been on this podcast. So, even way down to uh, Doc Ivan's back episode like two or four or something like that. But yeah, we're coming up on 200. Uh, I'm still weighing the idea of stopping at 200. Uh, I know I've already stopped once and was um, brought back thanks to Rashonda Jones Kumba, excuse me, Tony Award winner. And, um, you know, but, uh, I I've enjoyed talking to everybody. It's just, um, it's a labor of love, if you will, labor of love. So speaking of love, well, not, maybe not love, but, um, there's this group you guys have, uh, a lot of you that have gone to thespians or even TTA. I think maybe she hasn't been to TTA, but Kat Steffens, who is, who has become a friend of mine now because of my, uh, affiliation with thespians and, and finding people to do workshops for T-Tech. Uh, 
uh, Kat and I have become friends and she is an uber talented person, uh, a super sweet person. Um, and just one of my favorite people to kind of run into, if you will, at festivals and things like that. And just to catch up and we caught up at T-Tech this last year or this last, you know, I guess a couple months ago now. Is it? My brain is like, well, six weeks ago, whatever. Anyway, and so she has expanded her business, which is amazing. And so Trifecta, T-R-I-F-E-C-T-A, Trifecta, uh, is putting on, uh, they do classes now on Saturdays. So if you have um, students that are looking for a, improving, getting coached, uh, learning how to, um, do auditions, all this kind of stuff. Uh, they, they actually offer quite a few different things. Um, and, uh, but this one specifically is, you know, about self audition tapes and things like that. But anyway, you can go to their website, which I'm going to put in the description. Um, and if you're in the Dallas area, uh, Fort Worth, Dallas area, the, sorry, the DFW area, you can do this. If you're in the San Antonio area, you can be with the OG that is cat, of course. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty certain that, uh, at some point proof of concept, they'll be in the Houston area, right? So, um, it is a, just an awesome experience, uh, for your kids. So, uh, I believe they, uh, now you'll have to go get the details, but, um, there are adult classes as well. Uh, there are student classes there. There's just all kinds of, um, stuff available through trifecta. This is not a paid advertisement by any means. Uh, I'm just doing cat a solid by mentioning this. So I'm going to mention it the next few weeks or so, cause uh, we're at that time now we're trying to figure out things for the summer. Right. And, uh, speaking of that, this is again, not a paid advertisement. I'm shilling using the time to shill. I'll be at the lion theater camp at Texas A&M Commerce for two weeks when they run it in July. Uh, it's up on their website, uh, and I will put that in the in the um, description as well. But I'll be there as uh, a scenic designer and I believe also shop foreman. So I think I'm building what I design. And these aren't like massive elaborate sets or anything like that, but they're made for camp, you know. Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to it. It, it. it is a part of my master's program. I didn't have to do this. Uh, and maybe I'll continue to do it after my master's program and maybe hopefully get paid for it. <laughs> anyway, but um, uh, that is happening. So if you want your students to come experience the awe-inspiring camp experience with me, then send them to Lion Theater Camp up in Commerce. Uh, it should be fun. And, you know, uh, it's my first time. Well, so, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but if people like BK Goodman, um, and, uh, other people have experienced, <laughs> oh, Baxter, uh, BK and Baxter and those people that if they keep going back to it and keep, uh, attending these camps and, and endorsing these camps, then I'm going to trust that and assume that everything is gravy. If two people that I, uh, very much respect, uh, trust it, I'm going to trust it. So that's how that works. So that's all I got this week. Um, I want you to enjoy this Charlie Brenner. This it's a, it is a shorter episode, but for good, like there's no, there's no good reason for it to be shorter other than Charlie just 
he says what he needs to say and then moves on. And that's perfect, in my opinion. And I don't care what your opinion is. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Buy, oh, buy a shirt. Do it. I guess we'll start from the beginning where I kind of got the bug. Uh, I spent like the, I have like five brothers and we spent like the first nine years of our lives in and out of like foster homes and stuff like that. So uh, one of the things that I guess I kind of did as like a defense mechanism was to kind of, you know, create stories or I got really involved with stories and how things can, you know, be better and, and other, you know, basically other lives and stuff like that. So that's how I got really into uh, of theater and, and acting and because I enjoy watching these stories. They would take us to, I think our first uh, experience with theater is uh, it was with, you know, the school and they took us to someplace in San Antonio where they had, I can't even remember the name of the, of the play, but it was a bunch of different short stories by Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. I know there's a certain play, but I went there and I saw that and I kind of got involved with it and said, you know, this is something I kind of want to do. And so after we were, we were adopted, I kind of got into it and, um, and kind of fell in love with it, but I also did, you know, sports and stuff like that. But um, going through uh, all the way to college, um, you know, I was involved in high school, you know, in when I played stuff, but in college, I decided, you know, it was at that crossroads after your basics. And you're like, you know, am I going to go into theater or am I going to go become a coach? And then, you know, with theater, you get to do something like different every day. You know, every show gets to be different every year. It's not the same thing over and over again. And plus, you know, kind of like theater, like helped me come out of like, you know, a bad place. So, you know, you know, it's kind of like paying it forward, you know, A, I get to enjoy what I want to do every day. And plus I can maybe return the favor. So that's kind of how I got into theater full time. But um, when I first got out of college, I actually started in the like film business. I know I went and got my degree in theater, but uh, my first opportunity came uh, helping out with, uh, you know, as a second assistant director with some, you know, straight to DVD type films. And I, and I got involved in that. And, um, uh, so that's where my first career kind of started. I mean, nothing like big on any huge movies or anything like that, but uh, I worked in um, basically the direction department, like as a second AD or an AD. And um, then I finally met uh, my future wife at school. Uh, I went over to AM and uh, and she's from the Rio Grande Valley. So at that point, you know, one of those crossroads, you know, I just had to follow her stalker nuts down back to the RGV. And then when she got married and, and I, and I stayed in the film business. And one thing about the film business is that a lot of people think it's in one place, but really it's, you're traveling all over the place. And, and after about 10 years of that, uh, uh, wife is like, Hey, you know, I want you here, you know, we want to start a family, you know, that kind of stuff is like, well, you know what? I've always wanted to be a theater teacher, you know, cause the theater teachers in my life have kind of like pulled me out from being like a bad kid. Like in middle school, I got in a lot of trouble and then, that's when my junior high theater teacher kind of like found me at tutorials one day says, Hey, come run lights. And so uh, she kind of started the actual active bug of it. And um, so, you know, I figured, Hey, you know, I'm, I can go and I can do theater every day. You know, that's what I really wanted to do. So I applied um, at a junior high in uh, uh, PSJ South uh, PSJ ISD. I was at Escalante middle school. And uh, so I picked up that, job and then you know I was there for like three years and then I noticed UIL had like other events like UIL film and theatrical design but they didn't let junior highs compete so that's why I eventually made the decision to move up to the high school level over here in uh, Sherryland where I'm at now 
And so I'm at Sheridan Pioneer High School, and then I've been teaching there for, I think this is my 10th year there, but my, my 13th year in education. And uh, that's where we're at right now. I know I'm kind of like, I'm not very long-winded, so. No, that's, that's good. What, what, that's uh, the journey to where I'm at right now. What did you do in, in the film world? Like, what was what was it that you enjoyed? Well, I, I like, once, once again, it comes back to, like, storytelling. I like right being able to be on a set and see the different stories and then also having a hand in making those uh, stories come to life. No, I wasn't the director or the writer or anything like that, but I still got to be a part of a team and to create movies, you know, be able to create stories and and get paid to do it too. was was the icing on the cake. So um, one cool story about that is after I moved down to the Valley, there's actually uh, an individual who's from Ed Couch. I don't know if you ever heard, you probably heard of him. He's Valenti Rodriguez oh, yeah. from the show. He actually, uh, I was getting my master's degree over at UTRGV and he's an alumni there too. And he came down and he's like, you know, Hey, he wants to do two movies. And so he came down here and uh, basically produced two feature length films that went straight to DVD. And, and, and that, uh, that was also another, uh, I'm sorry. I know I'm all over the place yeah, right yeah. now, but, no, that's uh, all right. but, um, to see people do that kind of inspires you to try to do the same. And right. so I figured theater, it's like an everyday thing. Yeah. So yeah, the straight to DVD. <laughs> got it, got yeah, straight to, well, now I guess it's like straight to Amazon. Yeah, straight, to, straight to streaming. I even yeah. got a cameo in one because uh, she, uh, the person they hired didn't show up and it's a little cameo where they come in on a Cessna with the, with uh, the, uh, at, well, the character's agent. Yeah. And she was trying to hunt him down. He wouldn't respond. So she she writes a Cessna to come all the way down to the valley, and uh, it's said to make me the pilot because it's a really <laughs> tiny plane, and I'm like a really big guy, and I'm like, hey, have a nice day. <laughs> so do you have so an so do you have an IMDb now? <laughs> yeah, I have an IMDb now because of that. I got my first official acting credit. Yeah, that's great. So I mean, for for TV, so that was kind of fun. That's pretty but fun. Basically, being able to do stories every day is is like optimal life, in my right. opinion. So this is what I'd like to do. Uh, so now that you're teaching though, since, you know, the, the story every day element or the, you know, the, the every once in a while story element, it, do you sit and read scripts? Do you, I mean, like, what is it that kind of keeps you on a day-to-day basis uh, sort of quenching that thirst? We're always working on a show. Like in the fall, we have uh, a straight play and a musical and then in the spring, we have that, you know, the one act play competition that they have in Texas. And the, so the actual production parts, we get to do that with, with the students and they get really involved in it. And also on the side, there's other people who tell stories in different ways, like the actual design. They like they prefer to draw and you can still tell stories via that way. And, um, and then UIL film, of course, they get to have fun with that, too, through documentaries and narratives and, and just seeing all the kids benefit from that the way I did, you know, how it helped me out. and they always have a safe place to go. It's, it's just kind of like paint it forward. Do you, type of do you have kids uh, that remind you of you and that you kind of <clears throat> call back to your time in, in middle school and high school and, and try to be that teacher to them that, that you had for, for yourself? Yeah, there have been a couple and, and, uh, I'm not going to shout his name on here, but one yeah, big fine. one was he would, his freshman year, all the way up through junior high, he would always get in trouble. Edmonds knew him by name. They need somewhere to stick him. So 
They're like, can we just have them in your theater arts class? You know, just, just keep them out of trouble. And so eventually, you know, obviously I said, okay, yeah, sure. And, and I noticed he liked to talk a lot and he liked to tell like stories himself. He was like, you know, oh, this, remember this one time, sir, I did this and I did this. So we started involving him into the production slowly at first, like I did, I got involved via tech and, you know, Hey, uh, how about you try running, running these lights? Look, you can, do, you can be like a little DJ and, and he started getting into that. And after he did that for like one or two productions, he, you know, he's seen these, his, his uh, peers, you know, acting on stage. He's like, you know, Hey, I want to try that. So he got involved in that. And then eventually by the time he was a, a senior, he ended up being our Billy Flynn and not getting in any trouble and, and uh, he still got, you know, <laughs> he's still getting trouble occasionally, but he wouldn't like the admins weren't scared of him anymore. And and uh, he started passing all his grades. He had something to look forward to to help him. And then and uh, I was just I would say that was the closest example. I mean, yeah. And uh, just seeing that there's a place for everybody in theater, which is also another good aspect of it. So uh you got something for everybody. And so I think that was, that's what kind of attracted him to it. Like, you no know, me. And then boom, he just was able to open his, widen his horizons. Kind of you're uh, giving him a purpose to, to a reason to, to be a better person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, so you, you, you talked about your massive IMDB credits, uh, <laughs> but uh, did you, I mean, have you acted before? Is, are you mostly a tech guy? Like what, what do you kind of fancy yourself as? Well, it's kind of like a, I would say jack of all trades. I, okay. I wasn't, say, I was the world's best actor, but in high school, you know, I was in the stage plays and I was in a couple of musicals. Uh, but mostly I wanted to be the one kind of like behind the camera telling the stories. So um, that's another aspect, you know, the theater that you can do as well. It's like, you know, you help create these stories, you get these students, you get them involved in it, and, and you're able to uh, basically, like I said, tell those stories every every day. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's good. What? Uh, how did your life kind of change once you had boys? Once you had kids? Um. Wow. That because I know before kids, you're you have a yeah. lot of time to stay at the school to as late as you want and and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you have kids, which is it's fine. First couple of years, you know, it's fine. You still kind of do that. Yeah. The kids aren't really involved in anything. Then all of a sudden, you now my boys are six and four now starting to get involved in things of their own. It's like, you know, Hey, I got in practice at six 30. My kid has football practice or right. my kid has, has this. And I guess it makes you grow up too, in a way, be more responsible with your time while you're at work and, and realize, you know, you have a family too. And, and you gotta be able to do both. Have but uh, my oldest is kind of getting into theater. He's, he's, he's doing all these little videos on, <laughs> on the weekend, he his iPads and he makes these little videos of himself. So I think he might be going down the, yeah same path as far as uh the theater it's funny it seems to be because my i have girls i have two girls uh so probably not as destructive as as boys uh but i could be wrong but uh uh it is funny how you know there's there's a little bit of copycat between just this this generation because mine are six and ten but my six-year-old is in that stage right now of i want to i want a youtube channel and i and you know turns on her ipad and looks at it and is like hey guys and talking to nobody <laughs> but yeah i, I wonder yeah. where that's going to lead long term you know because i i feel like that's a pretty a popular behavior right now a common behavior oh yeah um 
one funny thing that happened with my oldest, he was last year we were doing into the woods and he, you know, he'd have to come to rehearsals with me and stuff like that. And for some reason he really liked uh, the song giants in the sky. Yeah. So in rehearsals, he would, he would even sing along. And what happened is that at the premiere of the musical, he, he came and he wanted to watch. And then when our actress, she started singing the song and giants in the sky, he started joining in at the loudest of the top of his voice singing along with her and the whole audience kind of turned back and, and looked at him and it was just like, Oh, wow. It's like, well, I think we have a theater kid. <laughs> sing so, along, sing along time. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So, I was like, so we even had that recording in our official, you know, cast recording that we, you know, just let the cast see it. <laughs> like, Oh, that's all over. Uh, um, not to change subjects, but, uh, you mentioned that you're a big guy and, uh, did you play football uh, when you were younger? Uh, yeah, I played football through, uh, well, middle school, high school. Okay. I didn't even got to play. Uh, well, not I wouldn't say I got to play, but I got offered to go to Howard Payne okay. University. And like halfway through, uh, like, you know, called two days, I tore my ACL and I was out. So, but yeah, it was fun. I mean, I like football just because it was, I don't know, it was, I grew up in a small town of Blanco and Fredericksburg. So, yeah. You played pretty much every sport, and if you did theater, you kind of did everything. So, and I want to be the only person not doing it. So, right. It, I mean, it was fun. Just so, so question about Fredericksburg. You just mentioned that because I've mm-hmm. been to Fredericksburg as a as a German, uh, you know, as my German background. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it, like what is living in Fredericksburg like? Because I know, as far as a Texan is concerned, and I've been in Texas all my life, mm-hmm. Fredericksburg to most Texans is a tourist destination. Um, yeah. uh, so living in and around that area, is, is there a time like when you uh, know that uh, like Oktoberfest, you know that it's going to be busier or is there a time that like you guys as, as residents just kind of say, "Ugh, <laughs> here come all, here comes everybody from. Well, that's from definitely one of them, but I yeah. know in high school, one of the things that everybody is, you just avoid main street. Yeah. It's like, and that's all year round because there's always people. You got jaywalkers that just kind of like just cross right in the middle of the road. And if you don't want to hit somebody today, just avoid <laughs> Main Street and you should be fine. But there's a lot of other stuff. It's a, it's a cool little town. Um, it is it is a lot smaller smaller than I guess people would think it is because uh, yeah. it's such a big tourist destination. But um, it was just like growing up in any other town, I would think, right. other than uh, Main Street and the extra hints of polka music in the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you still do you still like do you go home uh i go home you know to visit parents yeah mom right. and, and dad but uh uh other than that not not that often okay. i mean i live all the way down here it's like 400 right. miles away yeah and you're so not, we try yeah. to go up there for holidays and, and stuff like that yeah yeah i was gonna say you're not you're you're not you know you're still in the same state just uh <laughs> I, I just Texas. yeah, I just had a conversation with somebody about this a couple of days ago because we're about to go to Maryland for a wedding, um, and uh, have discussed going to other places, which are all other states, right? But uh, four hundred miles away from Maryland is Midwest. You know, it's like <laughs> it's it's like, but in Texas, it's four hundred miles away. It's still Texas. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's crazy, but uh, it is what it is. So. So my tech tip this week is kind of odd and weird. Uh, I knew a gentleman named Richard Solis who lost his life to uh, COVID. 
not too long ago and uh just an adorable amazing man uh lived in san antonio uh the past probably almost two decades and richard was an amazing prop designer he was amazing in other things too he was a great actor and everything but uh, how i got to know him was as a prop designer and one thing that he did that has stuck with me to this day and i still try to replicate it as much as uh, i can but you need a lot of practice, is that he used masking tape for everything. So the tech tip this week is that if you're trying to make something, uh, get a few rolls of masking tape, which is uh, rather cheap, right? And just go to town and you can start to shape it and mold it. Uh, If you have enough built up, you can paint it, you can glue to it, you can do everything. But masking tape is like, one of those things that nobody ever thinks, man, I could use this to turn some stuff into a, a nice, cool prop. Who needs a 3D printer? Am I right, guys? What is a, you mentioned earlier about storytelling. Um, is there a show or shows, are there shows that uh, you know that eventually before you are done teaching or done in the arts that you know that you want to do? And I guess with your background, it doesn't have to necessarily be theater. It could be, is there some sort of script that you just know you want to tell that story? Um, I would in, in theater, yes. I was saying film, not not as much anymore because uh, when it comes to UAL film, you know, we just let the students do it and have them do all that. But I know with, when it comes to plays and musicals, there's there's been a lot of ones that we want to do, but due to our demographic, we really can't do as far as like guy to girl ratio for some reason in the valley it's like all girls and you only get like one or two guys coming in but uh like i'd love to do like newsies or uh, uh ordinary days like some of the musicals and some of the other plays uh late Miz would be cool some of these bigger productions but um i guess we got to kind of build up to it also and, and so there there's always something you want to try and especially when you go to these meets or you're always watching other schools you know shows and it's like hey we'd like to try that one day uh evil dead uh musical that that would be a really fun one to do we saw psj southwest do it a couple years ago and they knocked it out of the park and and that's be something i definitely want to try like the horror type stuff yeah is there uh so you're into the the that horror genre genre like i watch a lot of like just old scary movies and stuff like that at home and I mean, not with the boys, obviously, but yeah. it's kind of like your guilty pleasure. When, so, when do you introduce them to it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess whenever they're not going to have nightmares. I guess that's some of those things you have to kind of like learn on the way. Ask other people, right, when, right. when did you watch their first scary movie? Right. I'm one that's kind of tough, but my oldest is like, gets scared over the like, yeah. littlest things. Like, oh, like, it's dark. Turn on the light. So right. I was like, ah, I probably want to hold off on sharing it with him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I experienced that same thing. We, I, I might, my oldest just watched Wednesday um, and she, she muscled through, she watched almost the entire thing within a day. And uh, when she was done, she said, I, I don't want to go to bed alone. Uh, that was scary. It's like, what yeah. you, you didn't figure that out in the first, <laughs> first episode. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, did you, uh, did you do one act play when you were in high school or did you just kind of go through the yeah, system? Okay. I did one act play in high school. Um, uh, my director there at Fredericksburg was Laverne Loving. Okay. She is, she kind of, uh, I was, she kind of just pulled me out of nowhere almost and just kind of, because I had been kind of doing it, but I was also doing football, but she was wanting really 
said, hey, I think you, you know, be really, really good at this, yeah. you know, audition. And so, yeah, we did in high school. We competed. We were in the same district as uh, Tybee. I think Tybee, Kerbal Tybee went to state one of those years. And so they had a really good big program and awesome production. I mean, as a high school student, you don't know all the other directors. Yeah. Their names, just, you know, the schools, that, that they were good. And so you get a lot of inspiration from just watching you know, these other shows that kind of help you get more into it or right. you just want to be involved with it. You want to see it. Like I even joke around with some of my friends. I want to hurry up and retire so I can uh, you know, just become a adjudicator so I can right. just get paid to go around and watch theater. And, and that's all I got to do. Yeah. As and Oh, good. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's like the ultimate goal is just like get done with teaching. Yeah. Hopefully become a adjudicator for UIL, get to go travel and watch all these one act plays and 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 shows and yeah, just just something I really like. So, okay. Yeah. So so as a how big was the school you attended? What was like the classification? Well, they were a four A when I went there, but some some reason they dropped down to like a three A. Okay. So they so I guess they kind of shrunk, but it was kind of like a middle of the road. Okay. Because what is what is it like in a school like that as an athlete and then also uh, a performing artist or somebody that's in the performing arts? Is that is it necessary that you do both? Is it something that is normal that that you know there's an athlete in theater or you know yeah go ahead yeah actually it wasn't all that common. Uh, I know the coaches are would get a little upset about sharing right. You're just going to practice, going to practice, so you can't go. Why are you going to theater practice? So, but luckily our theater teacher was. Uh, would actually start practice a little bit later, like around five thirty, six 6 right. o'clock. So I was able to go from football to, to theater. Uh, if she hadn't done that, I don't know what would have happened. I probably would have chosen theater, but the coaches probably would have been pretty upset. <laughs> yeah. They're very, coaches are a lot more stern, I would say, than your theater teacher. Right. But uh, yeah. So luckily for me, the time, the scheduling just kind of fit. Do you get called coach by your students? Sometimes, so like, <laughs> I guess I got that look with the shaved head and the, and the beard yeah. and grouchy disposition. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Hey, coach. Yeah, like, no. Yeah, I get that too. That's I, what I'm saying. My normal response is, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a uh, football coach, but I'm a life coach. That's, that's what I do. You know, I'll. <laughs> so that works. <laughs> yeah, because you and I have a similar uh, uh, look. <laughs> so. It's a style. Only so few of us can pull it off. <laughs> yes, know? that's right. Yes, bald and beautiful. That's right. Uh, I I don't want to keep going back to the athlete and, and theater thing, but um, I'm now at in a situation in a school where um, it's very normal for the you know the, the it's a smaller school, so the athletes mm-hmm. are the actors and the actors are the athletes. You know, you have a couple of exceptions where uh, we have theater kids that are just theater kids, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we we also still have some animosity towards you know uh you got to choose one or the other during a certain time of the year not necessarily the whole year but during a certain time of the year you've got to choose one another what is it that you do as a director now that you kind of took from your experience as a as a teenager that sort of pads that I mean is there anything that that you can do that that helps out a kid that wants to do two or three different different things within their time yeah, um, there are some things a lot. I know we have a production class and okay. we want them to be involved in that, but sometimes they have like, you know, football the same block, so they can't do it. But usually we have those kids come after. 
But in order to get like the coaches a little more um, agreeable into sharing practice times, because technically, you know, I guess legally with schools, you, you have to be able to let them participate whatever activities they want to, and you can't punish them for, you know, I have to miss a little bit of football practice to go to theater. Uh, is that I also you know have that film background, so I would actually go to our football games and our basketball games, and I film on the games and do like little highlight reels for the coaches. So it's almost like a, you know a kiss up to the coaches a little bit with these little videos. They're more lenient and letting them come uh, the students out to come to my practices for theater and stuff like that. So my guess is my advice would be for other teachers is to build those relationships with those coaches because a lot of times coaches and theater teachers I don't know because they're on opposite sides of the campus they don't really communicate. Just become like, you know, you know, start a relationship with them. You know, hey, this is what we do. Hey, here's what and we can do the little things for you. And and they're more likely to work with you as far as uh, not getting mad at the kids or let for for leaving their football practice to come to your your theater practice. And and also, depending on how many athletes you do, you would schedule your own rehearsals based on on that. If you have a bunch of people having to be at one rehearsal you can organize that way. So organization and, and being nice to your fellow, I guess, the staff members usually go a long way. So you mentioned the <laughs> build relationships with coaches. And um, I always say to uh, like some of my UH students, some of my college students that are coming up to be theater teachers, you know, it's not about the, always the relationships with the kids. It's also about the relationships with the adults. And are there adults on campus that if you were to, uh, and you're not, I'm not trying to put this into the world. If you were to leave okay. today and go to another school tomorrow, right? Uh, mm -hmm. who, who would be some of those first adults, not the kids, the kids are the job. Who would be some of those first adults that you would say, I got to make sure they're in my, like on my good side, in my, in my pocket kind of thing. What, any, any recommendations on that? Well, um, obviously the head football coach, yeah. you to make sure that they know who you are. And, and, and since I do have a film background, I'd immediately say, Hey, you know, I'd love to come film the games, you know, make highlight reels for you. Cause a lot of schools, they do have, sometimes they have people that do that, but some of the smaller schools get, get, definitely don't. And uh, it just kind of like uh, start conversations with them at, you know, professional developments and say, you know, brush up, you know, Hey, play football too. Just build those relationships immediately. But the first people would be like uh, the cheer coach. Cause we have a lot of cheerleaders in theater, especially when it comes to musical time, um, football coach, you know, you got your uh, football coach is usually the track coach. So it's like cover, hitting two birds with one stone. And then uh, I would say uh, probably baseball. And those are the only ones that really conflict, at least that I've noticed. And usually works. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you ever been in a situation where you had to, um, well, let me ask it this way. So when I was teaching in public school and had to worry about one act play, uh, mm -hmm. we had a couple situations where uh, we had a kid that had to miss for a, a number, you know, whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. And there we had an understudy walk in and play the role, and we actually ended up liking what we were seeing with that. Uh, and this was really only with one act. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, one act is similar to the athletic world and that you put your best players on the field kind of thing. And, um, have you ever been in a situation where, uh, you've, and I know this is kind of switching the, <laughs> the tone of the conversation where you, where you saw a kid take the spot, you know, next man up kind of idea, Tom Brady mm -hmm. over Drew Bledsoe, uh, that, that you said, Oh, uh, maybe we made a mistake. Let's throw little Timmy in there and, 
see if they can pull it off. Have you ever had had that or not yet? Yeah, actually, yeah. last year during one act, we okay. did uh, one of our supporting roles. Um, we had in, we have a thing in our contract that when they sign up, the kids at the beginning of the year is like, hey, if you know every every role is going to have an understudy, and if you miss a production or something like that, the understudy fills in. You have to kind of earn that role back. If they do good and and it's they stepped up for us when we needed them, you know, we have every right for that kid to take over the role. And if you don't want the risk of your understudy taking over your role, don't miss <laughs> kind of thing. So came up to one act. Uh, uh, this girl had uh, don't know exactly what it is, but it was some kind of uh, wasn't an athletic event, but it was yeah, I can't. It was something she did on the side. And she told us like literally like two two days before one act contest, I'm gonna have to miss because I have to go do this and it's not able to do it any other time. And I was like, well, okay, well, understudy will fill in, but you know, if you like her better, she's gonna take it over. And so we went to district and the girl actually who filled in actually got like a honorable mention all-star cast and knocked it out of the water. And the the girl who left never regained the role. And it was just uh yeah i guess we call it the way of the world yeah. i don't know it's like it's hard truth but you know hey if you're willing to let someone step in for you you know and give them your spot you're the one who gave them their spot not us you know yeah I, and you you know you just again this is how my brain works you i latched onto one little thing you said you said you had a contract uh is yeah. that a contract for one act player is that a contract for your your theater company it's it's like the theater production uh, okay. company at the beginning of the year, you know, we sit at home with the parents saying, hey, we expect you at rehearsals. You know, if an understudy takes over, if you miss a production for any reason, we're able to put in the understudy. And if they do take over the role, they take over the role. Right. So a lot of little things like that so that they can't really say I didn't warn them or we they can't say we didn't tell them. Yeah, it's right there. And they've already signed off on it and their parents have signed off on it. So speak on the contract thing a little bit since you're since you're an experienced teacher. I think sometimes uh with contracts you know teachers make you sign it but it's um a, almost an open threat you know where uh they say if you do this then you this this consequence will happen or whatever but if it's your star <laughs> eh, maybe we won't abide by that as much i mean when you when you have do you stick to that those words on that paper or uh do you yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I definitely do stick to the words of the paper. And, and like, for example, the, the girl from from last year, the, the stipulation was if your understudy is doing a better job than you, they have they all likelihood will take over. Right. So like you said, with the lead, you know, sometimes it's different because their understudy is probably like, you know, last year, let's just say hypothetically, my my lead girl decided she couldn't be there for some reason. Her understudy came in. If she didn't do better, she would obviously get her role back. Right. But obviously, um, and, and each one's like a case-by-case -case basis, you know, because some people have emergencies and stuff like that. Right. But this is also kind of like, as a teacher, to protect yourself, because if you don't, you know, everybody would, in theory, would like to be, you know, the handshake thing would work and, you know, word thing works. But honestly, sometimes things can happen and say, well, where is it written? You know, where does it feel like this? So automatically undermines what you're trying to do or try to help. So having things written in a contract, you know, and they signed off on it, they can't claim, oh, we didn't know. And also kind of covers you when you make these decisions that you think are necessary for your show or your troop and, and your admin can't really come in and say, 
no, 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 that kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, they agreed to it and, and here it is and, and it's not unfair and otherwise their parents wouldn't have signed it and yeah, and it kind right. of helps things well, move a little smoother. Well, we've been chatting for about 30 minutes now and uh, I want to get you out of here on a question that kind of I thought about right when you started talking about your background and you mentioned how you were uh, sort of reined in, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a student. Uh, by theater, right? And and it kind of almost gave you a purpose, just like you mentioned uh, the student that you had um, that went through high school and stuff. So if if you are talking to uh, a new teacher, right? I, I'm very focused right now on new teachers and, and, and making sure that they have as easy or simple of a time transitioning into uh, the profession. If you are going to give advice to a new teacher about, um, uh, you know, getting that child that is just causing a little more ruckus than maybe they would like, or, uh, being a little more disruptive than they would like, what kind of advice would you give sort of a new fresh teacher, uh, as to being patient and making sure that, that they don't necessarily pull their hair out, uh, which is not something you and I can do, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, making sure that they are, uh, not necessarily getting upset or, uh, frustrated with the profession well if the kid's like actively already in their class i mean it, it will take a little bit of work you have to get some elbow grease but you have to take an interest in that student and try to find you know what their strengths are you know like we even have some kids that their sole job in our troop is our loader and unloaders of the u-haul truck so when we go to one act playing contest they're responsible for loading the truck make sure it's like you know put in there correctly and out and these are the kids who guess aren't really into the acting don't know any of the tech stuff and it's just to kind of get them involved and even then they start taking leadership of it so it's it's all about you have to like take a special interest in them and show them that you're actually taking a special interest in them like what do you like and start them off in little you know little roles and then build them up because hopefully they'll um once you get a part of that you know one act play or that the play group and everybody's worked together they'll they want to be more part of it most most of the time, and and so they want to do a little more things. They want to stay involved with it, and and hopefully it builds on from there. So, basic thing is just take an interest in that kid. I know it takes a little bit of extra work, but um, it usually pays off in the end. So I stopped recording at this point, and I picked it back up because Charlie said, "You know what? I got one thing, one more thing I want to mention," uh, and so here it is thing is like you know if any teachers are looking for you know like help and stuff like that is uh one of the things i learned is that a lot of the directors in in the community for uil are more than willing to talk to you on facebook on you know instant messenger shoot them a question if you have any kind of questions especially if you're new like uh for example people who've helped me out in the past like just via messenger on facebook is like billy dergoo jackie Menez, uh johnny joe triayas and charlie palacios down in the valley and you would think in UAL, everybody would be like dead comp comp competing with each other. But all these directors know it's about the kids and it's about the art. And they're willing to help you anytime that you may need something. So don't be afraid to reach out to some of these veterans and, and ask, pick their brains. They're more than willing to share with you. Minor wisdom.